Welcome to Nana Tings. Hey lovers, we have another episode of Nana Tings. I hope you all had an amazing week slash weekend. On today's episode, I am joined by my new friend Tristan. He is fucking amazing. And honestly, this episode, we were supposed to talk about like fuckboys, age and all that. But we ended up actually talking about some really dope, deep topics and a lot of like philosophy kind of theme conversations. Um, yeah, it's actually really, really fucking great, and I can't wait for y'all to listen to it, but before that, I obviously have to play ads, and also correction, he did ask me at one point what my favorite, um, like, stanza or, like, lines that I've written before, and I totally fucked up one line, I definitely was, like, a little bit tipsy and a little bit high, and also just, like, vibe, Tristan, like, I, his energy, I vibe off so much, um, but the lines are social construction, art of destruction, channeling my feels and apps, it's life all but a trap. That's the correct, you know, few lines. But yeah, grab, grab your phone, grab your alcohol, wherever the fuck you want, and enjoy the ride. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now, and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Fully Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Mono Road, and my current third baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens, okay? Hey everyone, it's Antonio here at Nana Tings, and I'm at my new friend's place, Tristan. Hi. What up, baby boo? Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm just obsessed that it's Nana Tings, and I thought, <laughs> it, was, I thought it was Nana Tings, and Nana's just so much more luxurious. Yeah. Um, but hi, everybody. I'm Tristan. Um, I'm here with my new friend, Antonio, <laughs> um, who's also a fellow New Yorker, yeah, um, and I've only been in Los Angeles for a year, or a month longer. Months shorter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Months, I, I don't do math. I'm, I'm, I'm a hoe. Um, a, a, a month shorter than you. So I just hit my one year um, a month after you hit Welcome. your one year. Thank you. Um, I'm an artist. I'm a storyteller. I'm a writer. I, I'm an actor. I used to be a, a, a pretty intense singer in the musical theater world and in the classical, classical sacred music world when I was younger and... Um, now I'm a TV writer, and go WGA, we're striking, bitch. Pay yes. writers living wages. Okay. So that's where we're at right now. Wait, I totally... Why did I blank? Well, first of all, your slashes, I love it. <laughs> Second of all, I forgot that... I knew that you were doing writing, so what... Side note, yeah. I mean, I'm Wait, this is even... the best thing about wait, our friendship, because... Like I just said earlier before we started recording, like I'm still getting to know you and I haven't done my righteous stalking of stalk you, which I'm actually okay with that I haven't stalked you because I think like you like to be a organic slut. I like to be an organic friend. I love it though. <laughs> so like getting work. to know you without, like when I, when I meet someone, if it's potentially in a romantic situation or even actually platonic situations, I actually don't like to give them my Instagram and I love Facebook that, stuff until I hang out with them two or three times because I don't want them coming up with an idea of me yeah. based on my social media presence before they get to like actually know me. Because also like, you have an outside, you have a public persona, and then you have, like, your inside, 
Like, I'm Michelle Obama, okay? I have my first lady persona, and then I have my kitchen table persona. Like, yeah. Who are the things that I talk about in private versus public. Or, like, the Twitter gays that are crazy. Twitter gays. Yeah. Which, oh, wait, wait. Why are we even here? Let's no, talk wait, Nana. No, no, Are you Nana? I am Nana. So you're Nana, <laughs> and these are your tings. These are my tings. Duh. Welcome. <laughs> Okay, so what are the rules of your podcast? I've never been long. Like, are we allowed to say the F-bomb? And by the F-bomb, I mean faggot. <laughs> yes. We're both gay. We're, so, well, yes. I mean, he's everything. Right? I am everything, everywhere, all at once. Slash this, slash this. I have known Tristan for only, like, three weeks. And I have... It's been, has, like, two months. Uh, has it? It's been, like... When did we meet? Okay, you're right. It's been more than three weeks. But it feels... Oh, wait. Like, longer. I've been single for six weeks. No, you're right. I met you... Yeah, it's been I two months. I met you when I became... Oh, shit. You just... You just... Why did I think we just worked that event, like, three weeks ago? God bless. But, um... <laughs> knowing him for two months, he has switched his sexuality three times. <laughs> I just... And currently, I'm, I think I'm officially the Q in LGBTQ, which is now questioning, not queer. Yeah, I'm I, I always in a sure. state of questioning. Um, and that's not not, ju- not just with sexuality. That's with, like, everything. I yeah. think that's an exciting place to live. Um, You're leaving L.A.? I mean, every day. <laughs> every day I try and leave L.A. <laughs> it's very true. I, like, when I first met him, that's one thing he said. He's like, I can't with it here. I'm I can't. Like, you'll like it. You are. And honestly, there's something special about meeting people who do speak the same language. Yes. Who, yes. Um, okay, you. Um, that does make someone and me enjoy the space more like it's not that yeah. i hate la i actually love la i just want to pick up new yorkers and Same. put them in la we, i want like a new york community in la exactly love, yeah. exactly but you live so close to me that's a new york thing wait six so how walk. long was your walk to me so today? eight minute nine minutes on the ass with gay walk six minutes eight minutes uh, on uh, google maps yeah, but six, six walk minutes. minutes on gay yeah. walk <laughs> I only got to his place within two songs. I listened to Jaded by Miley Cyrus Love. and Spicy by Espa, a new K-pop girl group. And I was like, this is great. You are such a faggot and I love it. I really it. am. You really you know, are. I did a sad song walking to it first and my emotions. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, bad bitch, fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> How important is music to you when you're vibing? Like, or if, when you're like, uh, which is sex. Like, do you, do you have a playlist when you're like hooking up and when you're like making love? Do you have a playlist when you're like working out? Like, how important is music to you on the day to day? So music's really huge for uh, working out and writing. Um, I cannot I write, write poetry yeah. without a background song. Yeah. Because also, you know, sometimes it'll motivate you, right? Like a ballad mm-hmm. will make you sad, right? Or like lower vibrations. And then like Bad Bitch, like Nicki Minaj song would be like, I'm gonna fuck it up. Mm-hmm. So I actually write a lot of my actually my second book was to future nostalgia a lot of it and then chromatica those were like the two big albums that i was like chromatica was so yeah i was like really like i got in my head with like enigma replay i was like okay sex wise though so i didn't i don't really i like sex without music except you're a silent fucker so though there was this one (laughs) guy silent but deadly yeah but deadly (laughs) she'll dick you to death this dick is deadly Oh my god, Tristan, this is already one of the best episodes I've recorded. <laughs> like, it's... it's <laughs> you're so uh, easy to talk I, to. Thank you, baby. It's, That's why we vibe. That's why it's... You think we've only known each other for two weeks, but it's been I'm like, for, I forgot that weeks. we're podcasting right now. I'm like, this is just Whatever. so fucking good. Um, but no, I'm the same way. Like, I... Well, I want to hear about your silent fucking. Because I love a playlist while fucking. Like, I get into such a zone. And 
I think... Did you do, like, choreo? No. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, get the beat going. It's like, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, sometimes a slow song... Like, sometimes a song comes on that would be inappropriate to, like, play on, a, like, a first hang or a second hang, but it's, like, such a deep, romantic song. And then, like, you're looking in someone's eyes and you're, like, having this... You feel like you're in a movie, you know? Um, but I think... Writing, storytelling, for me, is sacred. Yes. Sex, for me, is sacred. Same. Music, for me, is sacred. Like, I was just talking to you. I, j- I grew up working in the church, working in sacred music. I traveled with this prestigious boys' choir um, from age, like, 7 to 13. I did not know that. Wow. Um, and I was learning music theory and musicianship on the collegiate level, and I was in the fifth grade, you Which know? That's why you're so talented. And thank you. I mean, granted, the guy who ran it was, like, totally grooming me and definitely got arrested for child pornography and molestation later in life. And... Are you surprised there were some of these, like, guys now? No, but... Not surprised at all. Definitely thought he was a creep then, but the knowledge that he bestowed onto me, I mean... Well, music theory at a young age, that's big. Huge. Like, yeah. Huge. Because um, it's math. It's science. That's what I was going to say. History. Even, even in it's... high school when you're doing chorus and like chorus line and musicals, you're not always in a music theory class. No. So that's like for top shit. And like a lot of students at 16 were learning. So for you to be a really yeah. young age to learn, that's like... It was actually kind of crazy. No, music it was... theory, I've never heard of like an eight-year-old being like, yeah, I'm studying music theory right now. Like yeah. to, com- to comprehend that is like... Yeah. yeah, which is even crazier because my whole life, I think I've balanced the class clown in me, the silly inner child in me, with a heightened philosophical intelligence. Love. So when I was young, I was often the dumb one. I'm, I'm using quotes. The dumb one. I was often the one who, like, was silly and playful and class clown, always with the jokes. And, like, my mother used to always say, which, God bless you, sugar mama, she used to always say... Um, he may not be book smart, but he can find his way around a room. He may not be book smart, but he can find his way around a room. So I had a lot of street smarts, right? Does she not know that that'd be so true at your whole ass this day? (laughs) (laughs) Still true. But the thing is, I, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm on a constant journey in my life to become dumber. Well, you know, they say Dumb people are really happy. Like delusion, like she... about J Lo. Wait, <laughs> J Lo is not a dumb bitch. Okay, we stand J Lo. <laughs> oh my god, I'm literally dying right now. Like, no, I didn't. What do they say about J Lo? No, <laughs> I need to hear. And who the fuck We're is they? Who the <laughs> fuck is they? Speaking of, let's start no, the story. No, this is so good. No, so. Do you remember the Grammys, this past Grammys, they were going to do a Whitney Houston tribute, uh-huh. and they were going to have J-Lo do all her songs? Yes. They didn't even ask a black artist or, like, Rihanna or anyone. Like, Rihanna actually has work. Oh, but to white people, J-Lo's black enough. <laughs> Don't you know that? Yes. <laughs> but, like, even Rihanna has worked with Whitney Houston's vocal coach. Like, I'm just surprised they didn't even ask Beyonce, like, yeah. whatever. Any, or, like, Beyonce even an true. R&B girl, like, her, like, I'm surprised. So someone on Twitter went viral and says, I want to be like J-Lo. I want to be so delusional that I tell the world I'm an amazing singer and actress, that I was able to have 10 plus albums, world tours, and I'm a billionaire. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to be like J-Lo. And it's sort of what you were saying, like, you want to be more dumb, play the Mm. cards. Correct. I mean, Gaga did it with the fame. She was Mm -hmm. this basic blonde artist. And then when she got famous, she's like, I could be weird and throw up on stage now. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like this kind of Mm -hmm. like... 
Well, yeah. I actually don't think any of that's dumb. I think. Well, no, I think Gaga all of that's was very smart. Well, and you're strategic. right. Even with a delusion, delusion is not dumb. No, she's playing it right. Yeah, delude. You have you have to be a level of delusional if you want to manifest to the life you want to mm-hmm. have. And this, honestly, like as insane, and I want you to use the beep sound for this, okay? Oh, I'm ready. After Trump was elected, okay? Clusterfuck of a four years, five, six years, honestly. um, I realized the power of delusion. Mm Mm-hmm. I said, this delusional delusional man- Literally him becoming president Has become the leader of the free world. I can do anything the fuck mm. I want to do. If you think about it, manifesting is a little bit of delusion too because, mm-hmm. you know, I tell you, I've been meditating a lot to heal and some of the work exercises I'm doing on YouTube, it's about like, you literally have to make a scenario in your head to believe it. And sometimes you have to. The, the scenario has to be so overdramatic so your body can feel it. And if you really look at objectively of what you're doing, it is a little delusion. It's you're, delusional. You're making up like a 10 minute moment of someone that's not even in your life right now. And Absolutely. It's like, yeah. Every new moon, I add on to my vision board my little vision board. You should come to the next vision board party. Wait, when the fuck do um, we have this? We, I would on love. the new moon, on the next new moon. Um, maybe not this moon, but when, I'm probably going to do it alone this time in the moon, new moon after. So okay. next lunar cycle, we're going to have a vision board party. Um, and we basically journal, we meditate, we walk through things with each other. I... We build some more vision board stuff. And we encourage each other to be as delusional as possible. Because that's the only that's way... The only way. It's to funny. escape the to escape the um, the constrictions that our lives, our upbringings, yeah. our ancestries, our bodies, our environments, our circumstances, our financial situations have built around us, we have to actively break reality you in order to, to live the world, right, the life we want. Some of our reality is also conditioned just by our ancestry. It's Entirely. like breaking that like genetic pool and also breaking that fucking karmic pool of like. <sighs> Yeah. T- talk to me about your ancestral curses. So. And what, what kind of things you've been breaking and unlocking and changing about your fate. Because I, um, I believe in that's fate. That's a really good question. But actually. I also really believe. Thank you. I'm, I'm great at questions. I know. I feel like you're actually interviewing me, and this is the kind of guess I like. Anyone oh, that's wait, listening. Oh, wait. Are you supposed to interview me? No, it's supposed to be a conversation. Okay, okay. I, I'm just going to make a side note, and this is not shading anyone. I've had a beautiful guest for two years in my podcast, but. I think a lot of people that answer me maybe are just more introverted or whatever, but it's a lot of me just pulling the weight sometimes mm. or like, I am a good host, but I think it comes off to me just interviewing. What I like about you is like, I get to learn about you, but also you're asking back and that that's what keeps a nice podcast dialogue on topics. God forbid a good conversation. <laughs> but you know what? In 2023, that sort of is rare. It's hard. Yeah. You're my only friend in LA, at least guy friend, I will say that like I can actually sit down with and like talk shit but also life mm-hmm. and we're both queer mm-hmm. hey, that's rare I'm questioning well, well you're cute <laughs> you're so cute sorry we're both cute we're both cute we're both, we're both cute going back to this what so, have you been working on breaking in this meditation practice of yours okay so overreactivity overreactivity okay because I'm a reactive person right and I've been learning to it, I mean it's easier than, said than done emotion regulation mm. so really just trying to like breathe or feel how my body is before I like react right away or like see why my inner child feels so damaged to like protect itself even if nothing's happening. I've heard you talk about your inner child on yeah. on, on your previous episodes. Oh, so I you. love a little sequel Look, he moment. Did his homework. <laughs> <laughs> um that and then so 
I, you know, I was, I've been working my inner child for a while and I learned that a lot of my reactivity comes from a lot of childhood trauma. Of course. And I've gotten better with relationships with like my mom, all this stuff, like the bullies, all this shit. But then I realized that I was reactive with my partners in a different way. So I thought that my, cause not only my current ex, there's been other exes that it was the same kind of reactive, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to heal, da da da. I realized so I'm reading a book right now, Codependent No More. So fucking good. And the reason I, I will not, I will tell you, everyone who reads that book, go celibate. <laughs> I've had three friends who read that book and then become celibate. <laughs> I feel so sick. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, that makes sense because I feel yeah. so empowered reading it. Yeah, it's like, I don't need a hoe. Yes. <laughs> I am my own hoe. Yo. Okay, we all read the same chapter at the same time. It's, it's like chapter five. I was like, ah, oh, fuck a man. Wow. Um, but reading it, it taught me that reactivity is actually a, uh, I guess, side effect, quote unquote, of being codependent. And it's hmm. because you react when things subconsciously are not going your way because you're trying to help the person and they're not understanding. So with my current ex, that's what it was. I was seeing a lot of dark energy, dark places, and I knew the answers, but he didn't know yet. And as an adult, it's not my job for him to know, but yeah. as a codependent, I was pushing for him to know. And then I would react if he didn't understand, and then he blew up, and then I would blow up. Naturally, naturally. And, but then I look at my past. My mom, super codependent on my brother and I. Like, she's that kind of mom that has empty nest syndrome severely. Um, I look at, actually, all my aunts and uncles, because they all lost their parents young, so a lot of them are codependent mm-hmm. on each other. Wow. And I'm like, oh, I think this has been a... Are you close with your family? Uh, yeah, with my mom and my brother, yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah, so yeah. there's a... I think codependency runs really deep um, in my family. And same thing with reactivity. I mean, they go hand in hand, but... I'm very opposite to that experience. Yeah, what's... Do you have any? Um, well, I'm not close with, like... I, I would not say I'm codependent on any form. I am the most, like... Yeah. The most separatist... <laughs> I mean, that's a wrong word, because that actually means a lot more. But, like, I'm, like, so, like, separate and compartmentalized from mm-hmm. my attachments to people. In fact... Are you an earth sign? I'm a fire sign. I'm a Sagittarius sun. Oh, a Leo rising and a Pisces moon, baby. I love... Yeah. This is get so wild, because I'm Libra, so this just works. Yeah. Libra? You're a Libra. Yeah, bitch. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm like a day and a half from Scorpio, so I'm very, I can't date Libras. I'm very, uh, cuss, but yeah. Scorpio. I see Scorpio in you. You know, what's I see so Scorpio funny, in so you. the psychic I was telling you about on Sunday, we were texting, I was like, as I get older, I feel more like a water sign. Yeah, when and you I, get, like, t- in touch with your, like, mm. Well, that and also my moon's in Pisces. And I have four planets in Scorpio. So I'm like... Okay, yeah, I, yeah, there's yeah. There's so yeah. much you're, water yes, in me that are. I'm like... You're very fluid in that way. Yeah. Yes. And your brain works that way. Like, in my experience... And I apologize for saying I can't date Libras. That's such a generalization. I want to take it back real quick. Because like, most of the time, though. Libras are sexy as fuck. Let's not lie. Bitch, okay? <laughs> Let's not lie about the situation here. Because I have tried to date many Libras because they are sexy as fuck. It just happens. Well, you are also in our top five compatible signs. Is that true? Yeah, Sag is. My first boyfriend was actually a Sag. Probably one of the best relationships I had. My generalization of... I love that for you. My generalization for you, um, for Libras that you defy is indecisiveness. Yeah. You are not indecisive by any means. And every single Libra I've ever been intimate with or tempted to be intimate with is like, I don't even know if they're into me. 
I'm like, are yeah, you the, into this? this I don't is why know. I think my Scorpio trait comes out, right? Because uh, yeah, I don't give that. I you give don't more, give that I get more all. intensity. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay. Water has been creeping yeah, up. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You wear your heart on your sleeve too. <laughs> yeah, like you are not someone who takes a lot of detecting and investigative work because, honey, I do not get paid to investigate a human being. I that yo, uh, like that's a job. Yo, okay. I fully agree with this right now because. It is one thing to be introverted, but when you're introverted and you're a sign that wants to be mysterious on purpose, no. and I were wish wash, bitch, unless, you, like you said, I'm a detective, I don't want it. I don't want it. Because then I want If it. I wanted it, I'd sign up for the FBI. I'd be Betty Thank fucking you. Cooper and in Riverdale. Like you have to have your heart here and bleeding, but like, it should be a little vulnerable enough so that other person can fucking see like what Anything. the vibe is. You know what I mean? I just... Vulnerability is weird. Because... I love being vulnerable. Same. I, in fact, wish I was vulnerable more. I wish sad I had more. Sad boy tings. Sad boy tings. This is not a tings. This is sad boy tings. Okay? <laughs> we love sad boy tings. And I need to be vulnerable more. Actually, that's something I'm working on. Something I'm working work. on more right now is putting myself in more situations where I am not competent and I will fail. Ooh. Setting myself up for failure more because I don't fail enough. And that means I stopped learning a little bit ago. Yeah. And I'm that's a little bit, I've been so a long time ago. That you're aware of that. I hate it because... No, that's great. That's a, that's a beautiful gift. It's a little cocky and potentially narcissistic, but I don't really put myself in spaces where I'm not going to be the smartest person in the room about that specific space or the most talented uh... person about this. I don't allow myself to be in spaces where I am not superior. And that's my like definitely narcissism speaking. Yeah, that's definitely is for my sure like your shadow self being like for sure, power. very controlling, very dom, very like needing to be someone to be looked up to. But it's because of that. You're a top. <laughs> I'm dead. I want, but also, I'm. I am I a top because I'm good at being a top because I am. I'm, I'm great at what I do. I'm very like. I have just recently come to terms with that I'm a sexual being. Any bottoms out there. And (laughs) if you're listening to this and I have, you know, been with you, you're welcome. (laughs) I know, that's the energy you have. You're You're very big dick. I know what to do energy. I didn't... um, Thank you, I think. Um, I think I've always had that energy, but I've never acknowledged that energy until recently. And now I'm like, okay, I'm great at what I do in that department. Cool. However, I get bored sometimes because if you're not leveling up or matching my energy and what I'm giving and putting out, then sometimes it's not good to always be the best in the room. Agreed. Because I am so craving, and that's why this podcast is actually like, I'm a little nervous about being recorded right now because it's a learning opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. To learn to do something I don't often do, um, I'm often on like a lot of webinars. I interview a lot of people in the screenwriting community, and I talk with a lot, I work with a lot of writers and actors, and I've been coaching actors and writers for years. Um, oh my god, over a decade! Like oh my god, am I old Word. now? Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been doing that forever, and I'm often in that kind of speaking space. But I'm a rambler. Sometimes I like beat around the what I'm actually trying to yeah. say, and then I end and I go, "Did I actually say what I was going to say?" This is why I'm a better writer than I am a speaker. Um, where I mean, see, like right now, I don't even know what we were talking about. I just went on a we're whole rant talking about the 
control and this like room needing space, the control so, yeah. i want to learn oh what i'm working on is putting myself in more environments and circumstances where i am inferior and where I have something to learn, where I have something to fear, where I have some, because I just am so Word. rarely in those situations. When, when did this like click? Like, was it a therapy session or just journaling? This um, this is really good awareness to have with like a shadow self that you want to work on. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it really. I think it's been bubbling for a while, trying to put words to like what I want to work on. Got it. Um, but when it really clicked. Um, I had two encounters a couple weeks ago. One was with this producer um, who directed me in this musical reading that I did. Um, and he also is a television producer and, and a writer as well. Um, and we had coffee talking about one of his projects that he's developing. Um, that is like, it's like LA, I love you, which is so perfect. When it's made, it'll be fine that I'm talking about it. But um, it's so great because I'm like, I don't love L.A. So it's very funny that we're talking about a project called L.A. I Love You. <laughs> but, like, I was like, what kind of stories? You know, it's like a love story to L.A. It's a love letter to L.A. Um, but uh, we were talking and, and he and I just talked to I asked him, how often do you fail? And he was like, once a week. Word, and I was okay. like, what? And he was like, I actively go out of my way to put myself like he was like, he just directed me in a musical. And for anyone if you, you don't know, I used to work predominantly in musical theater like that yes, was yes, I yes. was a musical theater bitch okay poor girl all of that all of that shit but I came out here kind of leaving that behind not really because now I'm doing it again but I only do it when I'm asked at this yeah, point like yeah. I'm not really hunting it down because the lifestyle of hunting down musical theater jobs is so exhausting same with just like TV film exactly yeah oh, I don't I, being so the talent tired. being the talent yeah. is exhausting because Dude, it really is I work so hard on on remembering and knowing that I am enough, I have always been enough, and I will always be enough. Yeah. And I'm putting myself in the... And maybe this is why... Maybe this is what I need to do. Maybe I should be auditioning, because maybe I'll fail more. I don't know. But uh, anyway, the point of the story is um, he had never directed a musical before. So I met him in a place where he was like, I'm inferior. He was like, I've never done this before. I've directed TV and film. I've never directed a musical. And he was like, and I, I met him in a place where he was learning and failing. And I was like, that's so exciting to be actively knowing that you're learning and failing. He did a great job. He was not failing in my opinion. But for his, he saw himself yeah, his as own, failing because yeah. he was like, I've never done this before. And that's how he learns by fit. And I'm like, that is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. That's an artist. And I was like, I've been losing that part of myself to fail and learn from it and become better. And because of that, I don't think I'm as versatile. Yeah, it's like we're tiny. As I want to be. I've been waiting for that. Yeah, and maybe I want to be a bottom bitch one day, okay? Moral of the story. Maybe my ass is amazing, okay? And it's just a shame. You have a great ass. Thank you, baby. Thank you. But here's the realness. I'm six foot five inches tall. I'm a thick bitch. I got... I got meat on these bones. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not going to bottom for just anybody, okay? You got to be able to take it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, you said it's going to be a slam dunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to fail at that, okay? I do not want to fail at that. No, I love it. You're like, if I'm going to do it, I'm... I'm going to do it. Um, yeah. That, I'm an all or nothing person. Are yeah. you like this at all? I'm the same. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm trying like, to learn to be great. I know. Hard. It's like oh. fun being black and white. It's, it's fun living in the black and white. Norm, but it's fun. I'm in my villain era right <laughs> same, now. Same, and I'm like, I sort of like a little bad. Yeah. I don't want 100% good, to be honest. Like, as much as like I'm like, manifestation, affirmations, love all that. But, like, 
No, I want to grow and I also want to fail. And with that, you got to let a little bad in, right? A little bad. And if that means a fuckboy for a moment, Okay, so, so let's talk it. about fuckboys. Well, hold on. Before we do that, I want to know about... <laughs> Where do you, what do you think you inherited from your family? Oh, my ancestral curses that I'm breaking? Yeah. Ooh. You know, I kind, of, <laughs> I kind of... What'd you say? Fuck boys. Fuck boys. <laughs> Just done. I am of two feelings with how my relationship is with my family. Um, part of me wishes that it was stronger and more beautiful mm-hmm. and more supportive and blah, 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 choke on a dick, blah, 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 blah. And then the other part of me is really proud and happy of how I've cut off my family. And not just how I've done it, how they've cut me off and I've cut... It, it was a mutual... Like, past, yeah. Yeah. Because my family... The people in my family have a lot of growing to do. And so do I. But the people in my family don't always have the best intentions at heart when they are communicating with human beings. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to take this time to, like, bitch about anybody. But, like, they are struggling, a lot of my family. And when I talked to my mother, I actually just called my mother for the first time in months, Sunday. And I just spent Christmas with my parents for the first time in 10 years. Oh my God. 10 years I spent Christmas with them this this Christmas. Um, So I'm doing a little bit of like dipping toes back in because everyone's getting a little older. Everyone's getting a little... My mother's getting a little wiser. I would say everyone. (laughs) My mother's getting a little wiser. And we can have conversations about, you know, bigger things. Um, but anyway, so what's interesting is I grew up at the same time my parents were growing up. Yeah. My parents were young parents. Um, they were building their life as I was building my, and I was a, I was a old child. My parents were young parents and I was an old child. So we met in the middle and we were both college age at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally. It, spiritually. Aura, yeah. yeah, yeah. Orally, like, orally, orally. <laughs> I mean, we, we know all this shit. Listen, so we often were unpacking the same ancestral curses at the same time when I was younger, if this makes any sense. Um, but I'm in an interracial family. Yes. Where yes. all of my siblings have different pairings of parents and DNA and cultures wow. and, and ethnicities. Okay. Um, so... We're dealing with a like a big hodgepodge of a great American melting pot, and I, and I grew up on a military base, in a very Christian household. Oh, says it all. There's just so many layers yeah. here. There's just so many layers. I literally feel spellbound. My head's going. Are you spinning yet? Are you yes, spinning? It's not the G. It's my life. It's literally circles right now. I'm like, oh my god. Um. So, the point of the story is, what ancestral curses have I I've been breaking? That I belong in the lower class. Okay. That's been... Yeah. Huge. That is a huge, huge curse that I've been breaking. That I was born into... My family, my ancestry has been put into yeah. a lower class system and expected to stay there. And I'm, I'm, I'm living a life that is actively refusing to believe that the poor get poorer. Yeah. And actively refusing to believe... That systems of oppression that I'm living in, right? The capitalism of the the system of oppression of taxes, of credit checks. The fact that credit is a racist concept. We are literally just produced to work for the system. That's entirely it. And because of that, we will become poor. I'm, but I'm living a life that's refusing to do that. Refusing to abide by those rules. I mean, being an artist alone, you're saying fuck it. You know what I mean? That's rebellion. Being an artist is protest in its own. Absolutely. Um, Being the way I look, having my skin color. 
having my face, Especially having my body, though, too. Ha- like, yeah. period, having my my cuteness. <laughs> of course, a flex. No, all of this is protest, um, and perhaps it's delusional. But you have to be delusional to build the life that you see for yourself. See, one thing about you, you'll ramble, but you'll tie it in. I always tie it in, bitch. Yeah. I always tie it in. I love it's always <laughs> tied in from 37 minutes ago. Wow. <laughs> um, that's because I'm an improv. I used to, I started acting in improv. Uh, so it's all about make it ca- so easy calling to talk back to. to the theme, calling back to the initial question, um, wrapping things up. Because that's how I started acting. When I, yeah. I moved from music and singing in, in choirs and choral. Into improv? And the, into and then when I was introduced to improv, that's when I went into musical theater. It's like a good crossover when yeah. coming from that background into like it was, yeah. But it sucks because I do feel like all I know how to do is storytell. I don't know how to do anything else, which is why I need to put myself in more places to fail. What would you say is the thing you are best at? Why do you think you were put on this world? Ooh, <laughs> Isn't it crazy that nothing we thought we were going to talk about, we talked about? That's why I love having you on this. I love a good flow, man. That's why it's called Tings. I like to talk about like 20 things. All the Tings. Um, I think, oh, that's a really good question. So, and you don't have to have an answer. Well, Because this is something me, we're constantly evolving and changing the, and figuring like, out. Whatever scale where you can be like a generator, receiver, all that. So one answer wants to say a healer, generator, you know someone as an artist mm. but then that gives me a lot of codependency triggers because if we all think that we're healers that means you're taking on the world's problems yeah that's, that's not also your job. Not, my job not your job so that that was literally my purpose until like last week when mm. i started cutting off my codependency and being like wait i'm more than just healing um i think i'm here i just got chills right is it wild i think i'm here to help other people in the sense as i'm the role model of like you can be fucked up, vulnerable, and complex and still struggle, but, like, your identity is what's worth it. So I want to be a reminder for, like, self-worth and self-esteem. Yes. And that's my purpose. And that's yes. why I write poetry, and, like, that's what my art ties into it. Wait. Yeah. What? I need to read your poetry. <laughs> I actually need to read your poetry. Yeah. What's your favorite line of poetry you've ever written? Um, oh, my God. Um, Social Constructions, Art of Destruction... Dating apps are my feelings all in the apps. Are my feelings all, in the, all in the apps? Do you have any feelings out here? Thank you. Like dating, Fuck. social media. Wait, we're gonna have to have a sequel episode. Where we yeah, yeah, yeah. Which we, we just have, talk about it now. Yeah, we just have so much to talk. <laughs> okay, wait, because dating. Oh yeah, well no, this is a great tie-in. Fuck boys, dating. Fuck we're boys. We're gonna talk about fuck boys. But wait, hold on. I, I don't know if know, I want to date. I need to know about your purpose. Oh, my purpose. Oh, and if I ask a question, I actually never expect no, to come back to me. I want, well, I give you the respect to know. I appreciate I that. I want to know what is your... Not everyone does that. I mean, yeah, like the selfishness of that. Not like, I don't even know if it's selfishness, but because I'm not... Or bad social. I'm not, I'm not even expect. I'm not putting out the intention that I will have the question returned to me. So when it's not, I actually don't even notice. But oh, when you just keep... You've done it like three times. This conversation brought the same question I yeah. brought to you back to me. It actually was like, whoa, I wasn't prepared. Well, you're so insightful. So I wanted... Listen, I wasn't prepared either. <laughs> like, I had to think about it. You caught me off guard with that question. Okay, yeah. so what's the question you were throwing back at me? No, like, what do you, what do you think your purpose is currently? Because you're right, it can change, but... Exactly. It's always evolving. Um, I'm a really... 
whether I like it or not, I'm a really good leader. No, I can. I'm I, a really I worked with you, phenomenal yes. <laughs> leader, and and that is not a hard, easy thing to do. It's a hard skill to foster. So the fact that I've been running away from being a leader, and I always find myself being a leader, affirms that that yeah. is my purpose. Yeah. Um. But not just a leader in any sort of the word, but, like, I think that leadership is kind of what you were saying about just, like, acknowledging and encouraging. Um, my, my word is going to be authenticity. Um, and fostering and guiding folks to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. To push them on their journey so that they can succeed. Because I believe in community. And I believe that if we all succeed, then we save the world. I like, love this life mission. That's kind of what I believe. So I'm kind of on this planet, I think, to... I always had this... Uh, are you ready for the... Let me rewind and tell you a whole story that's going to tell you the actual answer. I always had this question. My big philosophical question as a child... As a child was... Do I, do I live in the ideal world unapologetically and expect mm. everyone to catch up? Or do I make sacrifices for the sake of activism? And like, am I making any sense here? Like, or do I put parts of myself aside because we're not there yet? We're not there. Like, we're not in a place where we can love uh, unapologetically. First, you know, was a question as a, as a child because I was always so frustrated because I was like so wild and so loud and um, unapologetically me, but. It, we the world was not ready for that. So, so I was what, often, what was your answer then, and what would it be? A, I feel like it's my a different answer, answer then now. was it, it's still the same. I did have a couple years where I kind of went the other way, and I would say I'm recently getting out of that. Um, but my answer then was I'm gonna live in my ideal world, my delusion, oh, no, and good. let people fucking catch up. No, and I hope that that's why. I and that's why you. I'm back at and again. You should still be there. I'm back there. I did struggle. Because I would say from 2018 down, to like 2021. I was not living that Never way. let anyone dim your shine. And that this is what I'm saying. Some of us, like, that's where codependency can even tap in like that. Because it's like, once you dim yourself for someone else or just cater even for society, it's like, they're getting the power. Yeah. And they're taking your shine. Why lower your vibration for the sake of other people's comfortability? This is like all in the codependency book I'm reading because people don't realize you could be codependent on so many things, not just a human. Mm-hmm. And it could be validation. It can be, like, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And it's like... No, like, yeah, you listen to the own beat of your drum let, makes you not codependent. Like, you're already training yourself to, like, be in your solitude. Yeah. And that's something I had a problem with till now. I had 30 years I was doing that. And I'm so excited to figure out the next 30 years of, like, things to unpack. My, me and my friend, yeah, 30s, who my, ter- yeah. my tarot mother, we always talked about just, like, how we untie Love. our knots. And everyone is just... It's all about alignment. Oh, right? And untying the knots of that rope, that spiritual rope, that spiritual spine. That's exactly how I feel. But everyone has knots at different places, Mm -hmm. right? That's why the chakra cord is such a beautiful idea and concept and reality because it's just about aligning. Yeah, there's also like energy knots, right? These energy knots. If you're depressed, you get it in your neck. Exactly. And like hitting the knot of self-love or hitting the knot of like Self, low self worth or self esteem, yeah, and the not trusting people. Yeah? yeah, do you not love yourself? I thought I did, but I, I think I love myself. For no, no, no. So you don't love yourself? No, to I me? do now. Okay. I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> you literally made me feel like the Titanic. <laughs> We're sinking. 
Um, I thought I, you know, going through a men's therapy for three years, I thought I did, but it was all based on validation. I thought since Mm. I was popular in my late twenties, you know, running around in New York, killing it, being an artist that like, I love myself, but that was all materialism. Now really working on codependency and just like identity and fucking self-esteem, self-worth, inner child, all that has really boosted my self-esteem. And now I'm like, oh, I just love me for my existence. You know what I mean? It's not oh. not the material. I even days that I stay in, I'm like, okay, I'll hang out with my cats and watch TV. Like I, I'm comfortable now sitting in myself, and I'm like, oh, that's that's what love is. That's self love. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was because like I fucked five guys in like two months when I was like in my twenties. Like it's all outside shit. Why know? do why do we as young penis throwing creatures literally feel? that our self-love is dependent on how many people it's we fuck so or how many people we lo- love so... us. Why is that like, Is are we born that way? Or does toxic masculinity of our environment it's a combination. nurture us that way? I think evolutionary, we're horny. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's why, you know. We're quote, quote, made to procreate. Yeah, yeah. So like, I sort of get the science behind that, but then the toxic, the toxic masculinity is what really makes it like mm-hmm. a society standard to be a man whore. Then that's when like double standards where females have yeah. it, right? About they can't be hoes, quote unquote. Oh. And then, you know, throw gays that have that feminine masculine energy. We're just even more minority and complicated. Insane. Insane. But you're right. It's, it's definitely a um, combination of all of it. Talk to me more about that. Um, Are we getting into topics we shouldn't even be no, talking about? No, because it will lead into fuckboys because we just talked about I know, we've been like, dancing around fuckboys. I know, we're about to. So, <laughs> we're only me and you would be like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about fuckboys. We're going to talk about fucking older men. We're going to talk about gay shit. We're going to talk about faggotry. And then we get here and we're like, philosophy. Let's talk about. We gave a inner child. Yes, we gave Let's a, talk about a very nice con- like conversation. Um, so tune in next time. Still, I was gonna say, actually, fuckboys maybe part two. Y'all. Yeah, that's gonna have to be a sequel. We're almost at an hour. We're I'm gonna like, have yeah. to do a sequel. But let's talk about that really quick. I think because like obviously we're both you know men and we grew up in that society of like before coming out, right? Like fuck girls, fuck hell, mm-hmm. you know that whole bro thing. I think. The reason why in our community, though, with gay men is that a lot of us are damaged, right? We're yeah. more damaged in our society because we still have rights being stripped away right now. Yeah, so, We were born into the AIDS crisis. Literally. And also, <laughs> we've been stigmatized this whole time. Even, even Because of the, literally that. Saying, even when we have hope, we have a first black president. We have, like, you know, woman vice president. We have these, like, no, big things, you know. Point, yeah. Even pop stars, like Gaga pushing our agenda in a great way. It, 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 just, it just shows you, like, we're mm-hmm. still fucked. Mm-hmm. So I think our community alone is hurt. Mm-hmm. obviously like hurt people hurt people that's why in our community we have a lot of like judgment and like you know favoritism body issues all mm-hmm. that but I think with the dick thing is that some of them have this like toxic masculinity training their brain for acceptance of family especially if they don't have a relationship with their dad or want a relationship with their dad mm-hmm. that a lot of this like heterosexual like or heteronormative things that were installed in us we start searching putting or that putting into the that, gay community yeah. and then every gay person is different so then someone like Doesn't me that just grew up with a mom mm-hmm. I, don't, I have more feminine energy in me I will take that as like oh I don't want to talk to you but then that also starts adding divisions yeah there's that. all these layers and nuance to like what this is my sociology is about yeah that's right your now. sociology bullshit it's yes. like it's true you just start seeing trauma build and build and build and then it's like you know what I think the solution to everything is I think people need to jerk off with each other more <laughs> 
Like, I think if I had jerk-off buddies in high school, I think I would be much less damaged. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like those straight OnlyFans guys that queer bait, but it's like four of them jerking off together. I'm like, they're yeah. probably so happy after. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think buddies should just fucking jerk off together. Honestly. And like, it should, should be okay. And also weed. I feel like if everyone was Everyone high, should smoke weed and, and jerk, jerk off, off together. Antonio. This is our life. Um, I really think is, you're onto something. I'm really onto something. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. And then I don't really know Because post-prosperity, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how... I have from a smoke break. Yeah. <laughs> we have to take a break real quick from that. <laughs> but, it's yeah. starting to get a little heated in here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we have off, to go jerk off together. Off the record, he said that he would prescribe weed and jerking off. <laughs> As a therapist. As, yeah. If anyone came into my office with depression anxiety... Or anything, I'd say you should probably smoke some weed and jerk off with your friends. Yes. And they feel better by the next session, I'm sure. hundred percent. You know what my therapist told me once? What? He told me, and it was a little layered because he was super cute and he's my first therapist. And like, you know, the first person that ever listens to you, you kind of start falling in love my with. My heart is melting. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I think I love you. Like- Oh my god, I think I love you. <laughs> um, he told me once, Tristan, do you know what I think your problem is? I think you're going for the nines and the tens, but you need to start going for the sevens and the eights. <laughs> my therapist <laughs> said this to me. Um... <laughs> Am I okay? <laughs> Have I been traumatized since my first therapy? <laughs> like, what was, what was that, that advice? What was that advice? But you know what? I'm Antonio, I'm not gonna lie with you. I I'm dying. starting I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to understand what he meant. We're trying to get perfection. Stop. Trying to Yes, yes. But also This is leading into our sequel. There is, there is a different kind of personality that comes with a gay man who is like the image, physical, visual uh-huh. image yes. of perfection. Yes. There's something wrong with y'all. Mm-hmm. Abercrombie <laughs> boys? No. We got to dig into some other things going on here. And I wouldn't, as a generalization, I wouldn't say that's everyone. It's a generalization. I've met some really gorgeous, like, you know, people who are like, wow, you're literally an Atlas, like, ideal human being physically, and you're a good person, too. I would say it's rare. I would say it's rare. Um, It takes a lot to care about your body, to care about your image, how you're perceived. Not just your health, because I care a lot about my health and my body, but I don't often care about how I'm perceived. That's the thing. They do a lot of that stuff. For the perception. Um, And it takes a lot going on in your brain and in what you're willing to sacrifice for the sake of being perceived in a certain way. Um, And I won't won't lie and say it's not hot. You know, I won't lie and say it's not hot someone who's like, I want to just look this way. I want to do this for... And like we've all had moments, right? Where it's like you did it for perception when you were younger, maybe? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what I would have to give up to build the perception that I would want people to look at me as, I'd have to give up who I am. You would have to kill your soul. I'd have to kill my soul. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Even I'd like, feel my, my self-love I, would have to go out the window. I meet a lot of influencer friends that even if they're sweet 
and No Shade Influencers, sometimes I'm like, I can do what they do with my photos and my Instagram Absolutely following, could. but then like, I just feel like some of my soul dies because I don't really care of how I'm perceived at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. I care too much in my 20s that like, oh my God, did you read The Velvet Rage? Did you tell me? No. I, you were like the 17th person no, to tell so me to read this. About this. I so need to read this. stage one, two, and three. The guys that we're talking about are still in stage one. It's like when we first come out of the closet and you know, you're the hot new thing, you're going to care about mm. look. But a lot of us will grow out of it. Stage two, don't. yeah, that's stage one forever. It's like Peter Pan syndrome. Stage two is like when you're growing, but you're like now just obsessed with your materialism as a gay man. Usually like 28 mm. in Chelsea, making mm. your money. And your, a lot of your tings. Well, your things, but also that you're still going out for an image and also a lot of your trauma is still dumped into your relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have toxic friends, you're not cutting off dead weight yet, it's just all a mess. But you, like, seem like you're okay. Stage three, which now I feel like I just hit, is when you, like, go out, because you're a human, not just a gay man. Yeah. And that every night doesn't have to be a gay bar either. It could be a restaurant with your friend. It can be a wine night inside. It yeah. can be watching a movie. You have nothing to prove. Oh. That when you go out now, gay isn't your personality. It's that, oh, I'm Tristan, I'm Antonio, I'm this, this, and this. And yes, I like dick. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that. It's not my of, identity. Yeah, it's that kind of conversion not, mm-hmm. of like, oh, I don't have to prove that I'm hot with abs. Or nope. I don't have to prove that I'm like fun and gay on Instagram four times a week. It's like, no, like we still have rights to fight for, but like I don't need to so prove to my community that like I'm one of them or yeah. like my image, you know, yeah. acceptance. Yeah. I don't know if there's. I agree with everything you just said. I always... I'm the type of person that loves to question my sanity and question, like, am I thinking the right things? Is this problematic? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know if that perceptive has any ounces of internalized homophobia either. Like, because I, yes. don't, I don't want it to be that way. You know, that's a really good And I'm always questioning, like, am I... No, that... that... Am I less gayifying myself? Sometimes because I don't like being gay. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. I don't think that's no, true. That's, that's an but absolute, I question no, it. No, that's a great question. Because yeah. I think I had that in my 20s. And that's really big in stage one. You're, like, figuring out, like... Even in stage two, there's, like... You know, there's some guys that, like... You can see are coming out, but they won't wear pink. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? I once got in a huge fight with someone because they saw a picture of me in a pink robe at my sister's wedding. And he was like, he was like, I can't, I can't fuck someone who wears pink. I said, what? I'm really happy that you brought this topic up really quick because like, (laughs) think about grinder culture. You have a lot of guys that are like either super DL or they're like, if you act too femme, I don't want to fuck you. What does that mean? I only want femme boys. You're taking up the butt. You're the most femme thing I've ever seen. Genderizing color, but also sexualizing how a other gay man is supposed to act to fit their position. What does that mean? That's another thing I also hate, like, uh, position typing. Like, oh, yes. When, when femme guys automatically are bottoms. Like, when everyone thinks I'm pro-bottom. And I'm like, and you're like no. That's it's not... It's 2023. Open your there fucking mind. There are skinny-ass twinks with big dicks that want to fuck you and, like, be dom-top, not just top. Yeah. So I'm over here, like... Open your mind. Yeah, so... One of my favorite things that... A lot that, of that is that stem from maternal homophobia, though. Or right? Yeah. Right? One of my turn-ons, one of the things that excites me the most, not just in sex, but in life and people, is people who break the stigma or break the stereotype of what you would imagine. Like, when someone asks me what my type is in the ma- when I'm dealing with men, um, because I'm a very fluid... I'm a very fluid, like, bisexual, pansexual, gender-fluid, blah-blah-blah energy. Um... When someone asks me what my type is when it comes to men, I say, I like tops who look like bottoms and bottoms who look like tops. I have people oh, who I, I would not expect to be what they are in bed. Like, I like oh, to be yo. shocked, surprised. I like to have an image of you, and then you completely 
Tell I me you're agree. fucking wrong. I love like a hot. If I'm gonna like fuck like a 24, 25 year old, I love like a twunk that like looks like he's trying to be versed or top. But yeah, then has this beautiful bubble butt and just wants to back it up. I am, and I'm like, so, yeah, it's like let's go. Yeah, <laughs> I am like so into it. Um, so I like I like the the psychology of someone defying their stereotype, defying. There is the a word. word like no, there is a sexuality. Is that a sexuality? Person. No, so like. You and I, okay, Tristan and I off record, we were trying to figure out, like, having this, like, kink interest of, like, knowing that you're not easy and knowing that, like, this man, like, wants to, like, actually work for your dick, even if it's a one-night stand, or knowing that, like, they haven't fucked someone in four months. Yeah, someone who's like, like, I'm choosing you. Yes, they vibe with you. So, like... I'm choosing you, and I'm not, I'm not going down a list of peen to like enjoy myself no, like so, I have waited because I've been searching for you even if like I never see you again you know what I mean I don't need to we don't need to fall in love but like just intentionality of me as your lover so that's why I is, you know identify as Demi because mm-hmm. exactly I love that kind you of you only are attracted to Demi Lovato <laughs> me too but wait, I think it's called, I may be wrong when I say this, but sapiosexual is when you're into someone. Sapiosexual? Is it sapio? Yeah, I think oh it's sapio. sapio here, right? oh. <laughs> It's not, 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 Nana. No, no, no. Is it? <laughs> so, wait, wait, sapiosexual, it's, it's an intellect. That's, so that's yeah. what it is. I was right. Okay, so sapiosexual is what yeah. you may be. A lot of your stories lately, yeah. today, even before we went on the record, have been like about like really good intense sex but intellectually intellectually like you have this like such logistic leader brain too that i think that you process a lot of things logically so like i feel like the way you explain like that a guy waiting five months and opening for you you're already clicking like oh wow there is something like up here he he on a higher level like you're being intentional about who you're engaging with and being intimate with like that's hot orgasms hotter it does. So that's, I'm like, maybe there is a little, you know, sapio here. Because, like, yeah. even for me, because I, I would yeah. rather fuck a guy I have a great conversation with at a bar that also is banging. Yeah. Like, bitch, that's sex. It's yeah. Not be sex. It's, it's going to be fire. some other energy. It's going to be so good. Yeah. And like I said earlier, taking us full, full circle, I'm good at what I do. Okay? When it's bad... I know something's fucked up because it's very rarely bad. You know what I mean? I've never got a bad review. I'm like, I, I have not got bad reviews, but I've had, I've given bad reviews. Yeah. But if I'm not even enjoying myself, something's up. Like, cause I, I'm not necessarily easy, but I'm, I encourage you to be the best you can be. So if I'm giving all my energy for you to be the best version of yourself and it's still not great, something's up. Yeah, because yeah. I'm only here for you. You know what I mean. Um, I got, the other night I was at a bar and um, my friend was just laughing because he's never seen me at a loss for words. He's never seen me not be able to get someone to have a conversation. Wait, what and happened? he was like, and he was like, is that person just the most boring milk toast human being? I said yes. I said not even I, Tristan J. Schuler, could get them to have a conversation, and I'm a conversationalist. You didn't talk to him. <laughs> I couldn't even have a conversation with him. Um, I literally walked away. I just was like, yeah. Okay, and then walked this, away. This, this is where insane it goes to our sapiosexuality. Okay, yeah. It's like there's nothing That is a moral of the story here. You may be sapio. I might be sapiosexual. I sort of like it for you, though, because I feel like you have good intense sex. Thank you. Which, we don't have time to talk about my sex life today. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but just like my sex life, we wanted to get all the philo- philosophy yeah. and intellectual conversations this out. This was a yes. sapiosexual episode yes. because you literally well, This is a sapio and the next episode will be sexual. This was you moving it up. It had a... Oh my God. Wait, talk about the like irony of like a thesis this, for this yes. episode is that we literally this, yeah. had a sapio our episode, yeah, this is part one, Sapio. Next part is so part we're gonna two, be hoes on part two. Full hoeing. I'm wearing it. a jock strap the next episode. Oh, yeah, please. For sure. Yeah. None of y'all can see it. But um I think you might be able to feel it. <laughs> yes. It's so the the earthquakes that you may have right now, it's because of his ass. Oh my god. I can't believe like we have I've had earthquakes here. I only had one earthquake on the East Coast, and now out here I've had like three. And they're like in the middle of the night. It's like, oh my god! Yeah, you're like, oh, you're like, so oh, like, oh, you're like my, my perfume falls to the ground. Like my green Dior falls to the ground or something. I'm like, oh my god! I'm like, so it, it reminds me of uh, when the girl's getting fucked by the ghost in the scary movie too. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. You're like, oh my god! Yeah, I am. You the like ghost. wake up and you're moving. I am a ghost dick. <laughs> Screaming. Okay, so I think that's our thesis: is we are sapiosexual meiosis, like literally. But um, I loved having you on this. <laughs> Thank you, Nana. Uh, we'll have part two like ASAP. ASAP, Rocky. Literally. I'm yes, in. yes, Rihanna. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs>